Here he is. Hello, mate. Can you hear me all right? I can hear you. Hello, and welcome to the Hitting the Areas podcast with me, Jamie Roberts, and my co-host, Richard Kyson. How you doing, Jambo? All good, mate. All good. Rich, second episode. First one seemed to go down quite well, didn't it? So... Yeah, a lot of good feedback. Really, really happy with it. Um, yeah, really good. Bill was so, a great guest as well. Yeah, really good. Yeah, um, I, I actually listened to a bit of his stuff on Saturday with uh, with uh, one or two of the hashtag lads. That was really interesting yeah. to listen to that. So, um, no, really looking forward to this episode. Good stuff. So today we have got the uh, we've got an Australian A League professional footballer. Um, he plays for Western Sydney Wanderers. It's Thomas Aquilina. Um, you know Thomas a little bit. Uh, yeah, I, from... I, I first met him around about six years ago when I was out in Australia on a trip. Um, I, I knew he was good. Did I know he'd go on and play A-League football? Probably not. So that'll be an interesting conversation. Yeah, yeah, really good. Um, so in the meantime, we're going to chat about a few subjects before we go into that interview. Um, first of all, obviously the sad news today that Glenn Roder uh, has passed away at the age of 65. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I always liked Glenn. Um, I always found him to be a proper football man. Um, you know, I, he obviously managed Newcastle, Watford, uh, Norwich, um, a few other clubs. Um, but I think he was very well respected in the, in the, in the English game. I agree. Uh, I agree. Um, uh, I was actually talking to him uh, earlier on. I was actually talking to my dad, sorry, earlier on today about him because when they were kids, they both used to play for a team called Gideon Park Rangers over in Essex. And um, all right, uh, so he used to know him as a kid. So dad always used to follow what he was doing because he was always used to say, "Oh, I was always better than him." <laughs> you know <laughs> that that should have been me and all that. But um, no, I've I've always liked Glenn. Um, and you know, so it, it was just so sad after the brain tumor. Um, yeah, and then obviously, you know, he's he's obviously passed away in the last twenty four hours, which is sad. Um, so he he he's one that will be missed in the game. Yeah, hundred um, percent. So our thoughts are with Glenn's family and his friends, and all connected with Glenn. So let's start off on that one. Um, we're going to move on. Um, to the resurgence of Gareth Bale. Um, people may, may know we are Spurs fans and we, we don't want to get too Spurs, uh, too much Spurs. Yeah. yeah. So, But we do want to talk about Gareth Bale. Um, we do want to talk about his last couple of games um, and the influence he's had on the team. Um, I think it started really when he came on against, uh, well, the, the first Wolfsburg, Wolfsburg game, and he, he had a decent game, he scored a very good goal in that game. Again, yeah. cutting in from the from the right and onto his left and, and banging one in the bottom corner. He then came, he didn't start against West Ham, and I think a lot of Spurs fans were, were wanting him to start in that game. I think they saw enough in the game before for him to start. He didn't. Came on at half-time due to very poor first half performance and completely changed the game. 
uh, Spurs just looked a different outfit. And I was I, I tweeted through the game. Um, I try and try and stay um, and look at it from a coaching point of view or a neutral's point of view, even though being a Spurs fan, because you know doing this podcast, I don't want people to think. Quite, you know, obviously I'm biased as a Spurs fan, but at the same time, I still want, still want to have good conversations with people. And I felt that he gave Cresswell a right nightmare. He, 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 he was petrified of him. He was yeah. absolutely petrified of him. Um, they they couldn't get near him, and he he just found he's such a clever footballer. And, and you know what? You, you're never going to lose that. Never no, going to lose that. He, no. Even if he's lost that bit of pace, and he has. He's not as lightning quick off the mark mm. um, or, or even chasing a ball into a corner. But you don't lose that cleverness and, no. and intelligence. What what really impressed me today, and we saw a glimpse where, um, we saw a glimpse when he came on as a sub away at Man City. And that was that little run to beat three players. He had the shot which was saved. But today, he played well. He obviously got his goal. He got a lovely assist for for Kane, oh. what what remind what thought? Hang on, he's back. What made me think that was when out on the right wing in his own half, he just knocked the ball past the full back, ran round off the pitch, back on, and I, that just instantly I'm thinking in a man away. You think him? Wow. You think him? Mycon taxi for Mycon. Yeah, that's it. I'm just thinking. Okay, that was the first point. I went, Dad, he's back. That's the Gareth Bale we had. And that's the one that everyone knows him. So it, he it, gave it, Charlie Taylor a bit of a run oh, around today, didn't he? Yeah, he gave him a lesson, and um, I, I, I just pray that he can continue. He can continue on this on this sort of level, because if he does, it's a hell of an addition. It's a hell of an addition. Oh, if he carries on the way he is, he's getting that second year. Yeah, hundred percent, because he is a Levy signing. Um, you know. And, and and it was to appease the fans, uh, you know. Um, but at the same time, it's starting to work out. And that front three are so deadly. And everyone spoke about it at the start of the season. They said if Gareth Bale can return to somewhat like his old self, mm. or the old Real Madrid Gareth Bale, which is what I'm starting to see. I'm starting to see that Galactico Gareth Bale. The arrogance. Again, yeah. That that cutting in from the right and just back. We saw it a little bit towards the end of his Tottenham career where he used mm. to cut in and he used to just bang one across the keeper into the far corners or top corners. And and um, we saw that today with that last goal. Mm. I just knew as soon as that touched onto his left, he was scoring past Pope. You could just I see it know, and you knew it. I don't know if you've heard this, Jan, but I remember hearing it during the game. It was down in our own in our own right hand corner, and um, I think it was two 0 at the time. Anyway, Aurea's got in um, obviously behind Dwight McNeil. I think it was down into the corner, and all I heard was this Welsh accent is just saying, "Don't foul him." Now, like which, which to most people you think, oh, you know, that's just obvious, but some players need that in their ear, and I reckon Serge could be one of them. Yeah. There's no doubt he has ability. I think what lets Serge down is in his head. I think it's, yeah. it's you know, he's he isn't the cleverest of footballers. But that little shout from Bale, I was like, hang on. So we've seen the sprint, which was like the old Bale. He's now trying to help teammates. It, 
that was just like it was just brilliant to see. Brilliant. Yeah, um, yeah, I completely agree on the Aurier one. I think Tottenham are a better side when Aurier plays. Um, the Matt Doherty experiment hasn't worked. I don't know whose fault that is or whatever, or if, or if, or if Jose's changed his plans and he's not doing that whole, uh, you know, left-sided centre-back, uh, the left-back tucking into centre-half and the right-sided yeah. being more of a right-wing-back. I don't think that's starting happening anymore. Um I think it's given Tottenham a little new lease of life. Um, I don't think it'll be plain sailing and, and Spurs are going to go on and win every single game. No way. Because you've still got, unfortunately, the the the, the defence is not great unless Toby's in there. Mm. Um, without Toby in there, we, we it just seems a lack of experience and a lack of leadership. Um, and I thought, I thought Big Dave actually had not a bad game today. I'd agree. Granted, he wasn't up against Wooden Barnes, which would have been a completely different subject. You know, I mean, I personally think Ashley Barnes is a very good uh, Premier League forward. I think he gives every single centre-half in the league a torrid time. Um, he's a clever footballer. Um, but, yeah, going back to Bale, uh, if he can continue to, to play like that, then, you know, Tottenham could potentially... <laughs> and I'm talking small percentage here. Potentially have a go at the League Cup final against City. Um, if if Jose gets his his tactics spot on, because we all know what Jose's like. He loves the cups. He loves the one-off games. Um, and and the Europa League's definitely within shout, especially with the Zagreb tie. Again, very difficult, but at the same time, um, you know, very winnable. And um, if they can get the First leg right, whether it's um, whether it's going to be switched or not. Um, but if they can get the first leg away from home right and, and come back to the, the lane, where we have been very strong at, at home in Europe, um, and it's always been the away leg where we've sometimes uh, let let teams in and, and get the odd goal. Um, I, I, I think Spurs could go quite far. Um, my worry believe it or not, and I'll finish on this point, is the North London derby um, at, at, at the Emirates. I'm I'm a tad worried. Uh, yeah. and, and I hate saying it. Um, I, I'm not one of these Spurs fans that has a huge amount of um, uh, you know, vile abuse for Arsenal. I'm, I, I don't like the... <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, but at the same time, I'm I've not I'm not one of those fans that has pure hatred. Um, but um, I th I think they're starting to turn a corner under Arteta. I agree. Um, and I'm, it, you know, and and sometimes managers need a little bit of time to, you know, um, get their own team and get their own points across and and Guardiola is not wrong when he says that Arteta is a very intelligent football man um, and and I'm just a little bit worried about that North London derby um, especially at the back um, maybe not going forward I think it'll be a very high scoring game um, and they always are North London derbies tend to be quite um, quite busy um, but I yeah I'm just a tad worried about that game to yeah, be honest too. um, um there was just one Let's thing move I on. wanted to talk about, Jambo, yeah. Um, 
recently and you know this is going to be a talk it has been for the last four or five months since his emergence and 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 it will be talk all the way through the summer i think and that's just about erling Haaland. um oh. i just wanted i just wanted to see like realistically um his 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 release clause doesn't come into play until next season which i think is 70 million i just think that there, there are so many big teams especially in england there are so many teams that are looking for a world-class centre forward um, mm. who I think... That's might, not Harry Kane. That's not Harry Kane. <laughs> <laughs> that might just be prepared to break their bank and go a bit higher to tempt Dortmund to sell this summer. Because I think anything 100 million, I think that would, ju- that would just just force them to sell. So, uh, realistically, I just wanted to see where where do you think he would fit in best? Uh, where I, th- it's probably going to be a bit of a surprise to people. This one, I think everyone's expecting me to say Manchester City, which I think he would be very good at Manchester City. Let's not lie. <laughs> Anyone that plays under Pep Guardiola, um, it, it is going to learn a hell of a lot. Um, my only worry with Manchester City, and I'll, I'll go on to who I think he'll, it think he'll be a good suitor for, is and you've brought this up with me before, but I do think they rotate quite a lot. Now, I know you said to me off air that um, you felt you felt Aguero didn't get rotated a lot, but I kind of disagree. When Jeco was there, it used to be a bit of both of them, and now Yeah's, you know, um, uh, Gabriel Jesus is there. It, it tends to be them rotated as well, and Aguero's definitely coming to the end of his City career and what a fantastic career by the way I think Sergio yeah. Aguero has been one of the best um, strikers th- this this country's ever seen from outside of of, of uh, the English game um, but I just don't see him going to Manchester City um, and the same with Harry Kane actually if we're going to go along that point um, just because in this current climate um, I don't see anyone even it being able to afford 150 million for Harry Kane, which let's face it, he's going to be worth that. There's no way Daniel Levy's letting Spurs boy wander leave for anything less. Um, no, but uh, but moving on to the Harland point of view, I personally think he's best suited for Chelsea. Um, I think this will possibly be the end of Giroud, even though his goal scoring this season for the amount of games he's played, has been absolutely brilliant. And I think he's a very underrated striker, Olivier Giroud. Um, But again, it's whether they offer him another contract. And let's face it, he doesn't play every single game, which is evident. But I can see Abramovich going for it now. I think he's been that fifth, fourth place for too long in his books. And... um, he wants the glory days back and um, Harlan will bloody bring that. I can assure you he is unbelievable. I watch a little bit of Dortmund now and then um, and I've watched them recently. He's phenomenal. The way he drives with a ball. I mean, I, how tall is he? Six three? Yeah. Yeah. He's got to be. Got to be. The way he drives with the ball and skips past people, it always looks like he has a heavy touch. 
but he doesn't. He's just so forceful mm. at going past players and, and stuff like that. And th- he's quick with the ball. Yeah. For someone so tall, he is quick, very quick with the ball. And your defenders just back off him because they know how good he is. And he just loves scoring goals. And there aren't many like it. The only one I can think of outside of England is Lewandowski Mm. that loves scoring goals to that amount of goals. Okay, so you're going to put your hat on him going to Chelsea. I don't think United will sign him um, because I think they'll go all out for Sancho. And you aren't, won't be able to afford both. No. It, my only issue is the current situation, whether he'll go this year. And that's, yeah. but, but, but from what we know with Dortmund, they do like to sell. And they yeah. sell at a high price and they've always got a backup. They've got a very good sporting director there. Mm. Um, and, they, and they always have a backup plan. Um, and, and, you know, that's why they buy these young lads um, and, and they're coming in from England as well. Um and, and they'll have a backup for sure, hundred um, percent. And they'll know people are, are sniffing around Harlan because he's going to be the most. You're never getting him back, eh? Mm. You're not getting him. PSG no. paying far too much money. Yeah. Um. So, Alf, you know, Erling Haaland is number one priority for most big clubs in the world. I don't think Real Madrid will go for him. No, you don't. Um, think. I, I don't. I, I don't think they've got the money. Um, I think these Spanish clubs are starting to run out of a bit of money. They haven't got the power of the Premier League clubs at the moment. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't. He definitely won't go to Barcelona. They haven't no. got the money for him. No, no way. Not a chance. Um, no. Not if they're paying Messi this brand new contract. Um, which uh, that is a, a subject that I would like to talk about on another pod. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, my my if I'm if I'm putting a bet at the bookies on Haaland going to Chelsea. Okay. Uh, I'll just give you my two pennies worth. I think, I think he'll end up at Matty. Okay. Okay. Um, so should we get on to this week's <laughs> pod? Uh, on to Absolutely. Thomas Aquilina of Western Sydney Wanderers. Let's go. Yeah. Let's get him on. Okay. So our guest today is Thomas Aquilina. Uh, plays for A-League side Western Sydney Wanderers. Thomas, how are you? Good, I'm good. How are you guys? Yeah, really good. We've got Rich with us, Big Rich. Hi, Tom. How's it going, mate? I'm good. Been a few years since I've seen you, pal. Yeah, it's been, <laughs> it's been a long, a long time. time. I want to say about uh, seven years, I think. I think it's six or seven years. Yeah, probably have to be a bit of that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, Thomas, I've... I've I met you around six, seven years ago when, when you were um, when you were at a club in Sydney called Blacktown Spartans, um, yeah. which was run by a good friend Neil Glass. Um, so if you can do, just talk a bit about that, um, you know, what it was like playing football in Australia as a kid, um, what you enjoyed about it, and sort of where the where the love of the game come from. Well, I think Spartans is where it kind of took off for me, to be fair. Um, like you said, under Glassy, um, he had great experience, so he taught me a lot. Um, but I think playing in the MPL for us in Australia is where you learn the most because you essentially have 
back then, the best of the best playing in clubs because we didn't have A-League structures, we didn't have A-League academies, we didn't have feeder clubs to professional football. So the MPO was essentially, that's how you got into national teams. That's how you got okay. into that's how you got to national championships. Um, so day in, day out, you were playing the best. Um, some clubs, you would play in a high age group at a younger age, so you would learn quicker, you would have to think quicker. Um, so that's where I would say Spartans really took my career off, especially with Glassy. Yeah, so uh, when I was over there, what I noticed most was, um, was everyone... Everyone just really got on well with each other, and uh, what I loved about um, watching it. So, as example, I think um, I can't remember who you played on that weekend, but every age group from you know under sixes through to the first team all play on one day against each other, all on the same pitch. I just yeah. found I just found that incredible. I was there the whole day, and I loved it. It was it was just like a football festival. Yeah, that's something that happens every weekend. Um, you obviously start at probably eight, maybe eight o'clock, and you start with the under. I think I might start with under twelves or under thirteens, and then it goes all the way up to the first grade, which will kick off around seven thirty. So essentially, it is a festival every weekend. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. Um, so how long were you at Spartans? Because I saw you were you were probably about twelve, thirteen then. So how long were you there for? Uh, 12, 13. I was there for about three years, maybe three years. Um, okay, so around about 15 was when you moved. Did you then go straight to Western Sydney Wanderers? Uh, no, I went to the um, Football New South Wales Institute. So that's essentially the year before the academies came in where you would, you would I kind of refer it back to the Nike Football Academy that was back in the UK. Essentially, okay. Just training together playing against the MPL clubs, um, training like professionals four or five days a week. Um, and then when the academies came in, um, I guess there was no room for the Institute anymore. So boys went off to Sydney FC or Wanderers uh, respectively. And then, yeah, that's how the academies came into play. And that's how the academies have really kicked off because it came back to the Institute, feeding them off to the A-League academies. Okay, so um, all of the A League academies is it um, is it a bit like in where it was at Spartans? All of the age groups play each other every weekend, or is it is it sort of different per age group? No, no. So the academies still have like under thirteens, fourteens, fifteens, sixteens, all the way up to the youth team. But the youth team is a young age group. It cuts off around. Um, you look to have kids in the youth team by age 16, 17. Wow, playing okay. First grade boys. Um, and you could be in the youth team until you're, I think, 24 this year. So you have a lot of kind of grow. Um, some people hit it late. Some people hit it early. Um, some It just depends on the player, really, if they want to crack into the first team at a young age, take a longer time in the youth, in the youth team. Um, but the academies do start at age 13, I think it is, at Wanderers, and then obviously you play your own age group until you get to the kind of youth team kind of thing. Gotcha, okay. Is, is there a, is there a, is there a, like a middle team in between the youth team and the first team? Like a reserves uh, or a, like a B team, anything like that? No, so it goes, I think it's 13s, 14s, 15s, 16s, 
18s, 20s, and then the youth team. So essentially, you can All right. Third, I guess, maybe, if you want to say. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. just wondering what, what happens with first-team players that aren't getting a look in. Do they... Are they allowed so, to play for the youth team or like like over here they would drop down into the under twenty threes, get some game time, uh, that type of thing. So is is that something that that, that would happen in the A League? Yeah, for the unfortunately aren't getting game time or like getting a look at the moment in the first team. If they're registered to play in the um in the youth team, then hundred percent oh, okay. on week um on may, on game day um get minutes in their legs and play, of course. Um, but I think you have to be under the 24 age gap. Oh, drop. right. That's quite yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so you've you obviously been at Wanderers since you were, um, since under 15s, I think. So you've obviously worked your way up. And um, what was it like coming into this season in, in like pre-season? Did you expect to be in and around the first team squad? Um. I hope so. Um, obviously, it's been tough for the first team over the past few years with recent results. Um, but this year, this year we've got a good group of boys. Um, obviously, when the new gaffer came in, uh, Kyle Robertson and his yep. coach, Kenny Miller, I got the opportunity to come in uh, the very first day of preseason, um, and it was tough. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> the opportunity to to play games, uh, play friendly games with them, start. So it was a great opportunity for me to showcase what I can I can show to them because essentially it was a fresh start for everybody at the club. It's always a fresh start when you have a new when you have a new gaffer come in to take charge. He could bring in his own players, have a new philosophy on things, um, a new look on things. So it was a great opportunity for me, for young boys, for old boys. Um, so it was great to come in. Okay, brilliant. So, just for those that don't know, um, uh, so Western Sydney Wanderers in the A League have played. They've played eight games. Um, you've been involved in seven of them. Um, you've also been in Team of the Week twice, which which is brilliant for a for a nineteen, nearly twenty year old. Or um, I think you are twenty now, aren't you, Tom? Yeah, uh, yeah, just turned twenty. Yeah, so that's been a really good start to the season. So. What's that been like? As in, you've come from the youth team, you've had pre-season with a new manager, then you found yourself almost in the sort of spotlight um, and you played really well. What's that been like for you? Uh, like I said, there's no real words for it, to be honest. Um, you just go in day in, day out, try your hardest, work your hardest. Um, you try and, I think at a young age, you try and be confident. Around the senior boys, you try and be confident on the ball. You try and be confident on uh, to take charge of things, and I did that in preseason. Um, I think I earned the respect of the older boys, of the coaching staff. Um, to say I'm kind of ready to take the spot when ready, um, but it came down to hard work at the end of the day as well. But to get the opportunity to play as much as I have, I didn't expect to play this much, to be honest. Um, and to get team of the weeks, so it's kind of rewarding on my end to say, yeah. "Hey, pre-season for this, um, I put in the performances, and I guess you reap the rewards at the end of the day." Um, so it's really rewarding to see, "Hey, you're, you're making your mark now." Um, but the biggest thing for me is that 
that everybody keeps saying is you got to stay consistent. You got to um, keep doing it day in day out, um, and you never know who's watching. Exactly. Um, one thing I wanted to touch on was um, when I did come over about six years ago. I'm I'm sure you played you played central either either centre back or centre mid. So at, at what stage did you move to a full back? Because you played left wing back, haven't you? Is that that near enough every game? I guess I can say the whole my, throughout my whole career so far, I've kind of played right wing back, right back, right centre back, left centre back, left back. Um, like you said, yeah, whole youth career I was playing centre back, which I got comfortable to. Um, I think it was it was probably when I went to Wanderers, things kind of changed. Um, I myself playing right back, I guess, because I've got the the physical attributes for that. Um, kind of position, which it's a demanding position at the same time. Um, and then I came into the first team this year and had to deal with something else playing left wing back, which it's not easy. Um, it's a lot of people think it's easy just to play right back and then play left back, but there's a lot of little fundamentals that you've got to get under your belt. Um, which are, you still... are you predominantly right footed then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so is that because is that because is that because Carl Robinson likes you to cut in or or you know what what's the reason about playing a right sided wing back on the left hand side? Is there anything to it? Um, I think because we had a little bit of shortage during preseason with a few injuries. Um, like throughout preseason, we had a few injuries on the left hand side. So yeah, um, we've got Tate Russell on the right hand side. He was an amazing young player. Um, and essentially, I think I signed as a as a right back as well under Tate, but then injuries came into play with um Rojewski yeah. throughout the throughout preseason, Wormering coming back from an ACL injury, so I kind of got my opportunity to play left back in preseason games, and I think I think I took it as a challenge to kind of make this position mine now. Um, I've got the opportunity, so I've got to go out there and just be confident, show that it's not really a bother to me playing right or left. Um, and I think I did that, so that's kind of why I've been playing left wing back for a little bit. Um, but no, it has been a challenge to to play right to left. Yeah. Just the little fundamentals under play, getting that left foot how I want it to be, kind yeah. of natural foot, not a forced. Um, but... <laughs> At the same time, it's 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 learning every day. It's trying to get it better, so it's, it's coming, um, and it's getting better each game. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, what I wanted to go on to next was um, so as a young lad being being brought into that environment, I, I, you, you've got two very well known English Championship players, even played the Premiership at the club. Um, what have they brought? As in, um, have they have they brought anything new with them? Uh, sort of like mentality wise. Um, yeah, just be interested to see what sort of effects they've had on the squad. Um, they bring experience. So much experience to the team that younger boys look at. They feed off that kind of stuff. I know I do. I look at what they do, how they prepare, what they look at in video sessions, how they train, what they do. so. I look at that and be like, hey, I'm, I could do that next day. I might do that. What do you do with it? 
but then they bring a sense of leadership to the team. Um, but I think the biggest thing for me is that they bring the leadership and the experience to the team to make the team a better team, and they have done that. Um, those have been playing unreal. Coxie's playing unreal. Um, I can't wait to see how much goes when starting. Jordan, Jordan much. Yeah. Yeah. Much I remember in England, he was he was actually tipped to be quite a big star when, yeah. when he was younger. Um, I know he had a lot of injuries, which has probably probably hampered his career, but um, I will certainly be looking out to see how he does. Yeah. Yeah. He had a little run last, oh, a few days ago, about 15 minutes, and he looked, he looked unbelievable. So I think it's just being very delicate with him, getting him fit um, and getting him match ready. Um, but I think he will start eventually. Like we've said, we've got a big depth of boys in the team that even though boys who go play, our bench yeah. is just, and whoever doesn't, whoever misses out, real quality. Um, so the Gaffer and his coaching team have definitely pulled in a very experienced and very good squad. Like does a lot. Has the culture changed from last season? So, for instance, last season you had a you know pretty well known guy in charge. Oh, apologies, don't know. I can't. Don't know his name. Um, but obviously he was sacked, and then Cole Robinson's been brought in. He's brought in Kenny Miller. You know, a massive Scotland legend, really, isn't he, Rich? Mm. Kenny Miller, like uh, Rangers, is yeah, you know, yeah. he's, he's a god over there. So, um, like, you know, what's Kenny Miller like? You know, how, how's how's Robbo been? Is he is he you know what kind of culture is he brought across compared to last season? Um, There's a huge culture in the change room, even with with the coaching staff. Um, the relationship. I think he has a relationship with every single player. He cares about it. Just off the pitch as well, he cares about little things. Um, but he's always said, he's always said, I'll give you the opportunity. You've got to take them. I can't take them. Um, but the biggest thing for me is the little things. He always picks up the little things. If you do the little things right, you'll do the big things right. And that's huge to know. Um to have Kenny in the coaching staff, it's unbelievable. He, he, he trains with us every day. I bet he does. <laughs> <laughs> Has he not been tempted to get his boots on? He, he's got the boots on. He's got the bib on. He's training with us. He's on our... <laughs> Um Yeah, he's unbelievable. He's still got it. He's still got it. Um, we've even had the gaffer in there a few times. Um, no, the whole coaching staff that he's brought in have just been unbelievable. And the mentality to win. Yeah. Yeah, and um, and we've still got a long way in the season, but it's going to be a good year, I think. You started, I mean, you started really well. Like I said, like I think we say, one loss all season. Okay, yeah, there's probably a few more draws that you that you've expected rather than wins. Um, yeah. but, but but you know the way you look at it, you've probably got you've got the best sort of losing record in the league. You've only lost the once, which was what opening day of the season. Yeah. Um, you know. It, like you said, last season hasn't got didn't go to plan, or it was you know it wasn't good enough. This season obviously looks pretty decent. Is there a is there a feel around the camp that you could potentially potentially win it, or you know go on and be champions, anything like that? Is is that is that what the aim is, or is the aim just do better than last season? I think there's two there's two goals this year. Is well, there's more goals, but I think the two goals are to play playoff football this okay. year. We've missed out a few years in a row, unfortunately. But I think this year it's to play playoff football, 100%. 
and obviously the big goal is to win it and we can do that we are capable of doing that if you look at our recent results or recent draws they're games that we should win they're yeah. games um i guess we could have walked away with the three points but we walked away with one point um i think we're eight games unbeaten now so yeah. there's something for itself that we're not a team that can just play badly i think um sure we have our patches here and there but overall we're a very good team that is hard to break down yeah that is or against and with the quality we have we can we can hurt anybody talking about quality um uh, just brought in mitchell duke now yeah. funny one of my one of my mates over here he he actually i think he knows mitchell duke quite well um and you know there was talk of I don't know where, where Mitch was going to go because I know he wanted to to leave where he currently was. But to to pick up Mitchell Duke is is a decent sign. He'll he'll score goals in the A League like he has done before. Oh, hundred percent. Um, he's there to score goals and he will score goals. Um, he's just another great addition we added to the team late. Um, and the gaffer said that he's not scared to bring in more players if he needs to. Um, but like I said, it comes back to whoever the gaffer in. Is absolute quality, and he's done that again with Mitchell Duke on loan, unfortunately, for yeah. the only reason. Um, but in the meantime, while he's here, he will produce goals, I hope, and I know he will. Um, yeah. And he's just an, another great addition to the team. Yeah, one really- thing, sorry, Jam. One thing oh, I yeah. just wanted to touch on was um, so over in England, when we have, like, for example, um, a lot of our games are local, so the most we'll have is a three or four hour drive. I know a lot of the big clubs tend to fly between like London and Manchester, but most weeks you must be having like a three or four hour flight oh, if you're well, away from home. Um, well, essentially before COVID, yeah, it was like that. Recently, we've had a good stretch of games at home. Most of our games have been home or maybe a three hour bus ride away. Um, but due to the restrictions, they're a little bit easing. So we are going to start traveling a little bit more. Like next week, Melbourne, that's an hour flight, I think. Um, but essentially, the furthest we go will probably be a, I think it's a five-hour flight to Perth. Wow. Wow. Or we fly to Wellington, but Wellington is in relocated to Sydney for the rest of the season. Oh, okay. oh, right. Okay. Made it easier. <laughs> Rich, I mean, Spurs fly to Bournemouth, which is yeah. like 20 minutes, <laughs> if that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, um, no, that's, that's ridiculous. But, yeah. How um, do you sort of prep for that? So, you know, um, it obviously sounds easy just jumping on a plane to the normal person, but you're like, you're an athlete if it, at, like, at, at the height of your game. So, what's that like having to get on a an hour, two, three-hour flight to then get off knowing you've got to play a game? Well, essentially, we fly the day before. Okay. Overnight, then we've got the whole day in, I don't know, Perth. Play that night, then we stay, then we fly the next morning. Um, so, essentially, I hate flying as well. So, I dread any flights. Um, but what I do, I charge up my laptop, charge up my iPad, and I'm good. I've got whatever on there to keep me occupied for the next five hours. 
Do the team have their own plane, or do you use like Qantas or? Yeah, Qantas. Yeah. yeah, Qantas. What I wanted to go on to next time was, um, what are your aspirations? So, um, you obviously seem like quite an ambitious lad. Um, I, I would, I would imagine that you might, you might have aspirations of coming to Europe, uh, following the likes of Tim Cahill, players like that. Um, so yeah, where did you see where you would like to be? Um, well, at this current stage, obviously, I'm happy with Western Sydney. I've got another year on my contract that I really want to want to see out, especially with the new gaffer in there. Um, but I think any footballer at a young age, the pinnacle is is Europe, is England, Spain, Germany, Belgium, um, France, all those top countries. Um, but the the unfortunate thing for us in, in Australia is all these passports, all these visa stuff to get into the country to be allowed to play in the country. Um, so I'm currently currently getting my Maltese passport under under belt so I so it does make it a little bit easier. I'm not too sure what the the rules are with playing in England with new visas to to yeah. whatever. Um, but hundred percent that is something that I look to do in the near future, um, to take my game to the next level. And I think it's one of the goals that every player should have. I think me personally, my biggest goal is to play for the Socceroos at a World Cup or that, yeah. or, or a World Cup or an Asian Cup or a World Cup qualifier. And then the next goal is to, to have a successful career in 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 Europe somewhere. Um, Are yeah, you so, part of any of the national sides currently, under-19s, under-20s? Yeah. Who I, I did the under seventeens national team campaign, um, and I'm well. I was currently part of the under twenties campaign that we were meant to be going to the uh, World Cup qualifiers. Uh, I think it should be around now. We would have been there, um, yeah. but the AFC decided to cancel the qualifiers, and then obviously FIFA cancelled the World Cup. So yeah. That was a huge hit for us young boys because we had a very good squad and we looked very good to, to make the World Cup. Um, but unfortunately, these things happen. So yeah. you have to take the ride. And the next thing for us is the Oliroos that um, are going to the Olympics. In, I think it's in July. Um, yeah. I'm be, if I'll be in the in the running to be part of that squad. Oh, because okay. it is but... I hope after after the World Cup, um, after the Olympics, I'll be in the next next campaign for that. Um, but I've got to control that. I've got to control, and we'll yeah. see what I. Hundred percent. You you touched on COVID. Obviously, in the A League, fans are back in. I believe. Um, well, I have yeah. seen them. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, and um, how has COVID affected? the A-League recently or I mean obviously you're not flying to uh, you know far places you're going you're, you're staying still quite local in, for Australian terms is yeah. you know how has it affected it you know are you, st- are you still having to do tests and stuff like that um, no not really tests anymore it's more are we playing this weekend kind of thing oh um, really yeah sometimes we'll uh, essentially, we're still having cases pop up in Melbourne. Um, 
in Sydney sometimes and like Brisbane sometimes. So essentially, if there's a there's a there's a little breakout, um, they go into a five day lockdown. So it's sometimes it's oh we're playing this weekend because there was a few cases in Melbourne that happened last week. We had to play Melbourne City, but they went into lockdown. Um, it was weeks ago we were meant to play Perth in Perth. They went into lockdown. Um, so it's kind of a you take it game by game. Um, you're always being ready because the A League's trying to restructure things. So you have midweek games, you have games out of nowhere that you've got to prepare for. Um, but I think the A League's dealt with it well. Yeah. Uh, under certain circumstances, but um, it has been challenging. Like last year, we were in a in a bubble essentially that. It was training home, training home, can't go anywhere else, tests all the time. This year, it hasn't been tests, I guess, because it is easing. We did just get the vaccine here, so I'm sure we'll have the needle soon. Um, oh, okay. So, it, yeah. Have they started distributing it in Australia, have they, the, the vaccine? So, hopefully, we'll get that soon. And things can kind of get back to normal. Like you said, we do have fans now, which is just absolutely great. I think it's only 50% capacity. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you know, but we actually get live broadcast of A-League over here on oh. uh, on BT Sport. Yeah. yeah. So, like, yeah. the same people that do the Champions League and Europa League and stuff like that, they broadcast um, the A-League. Um, so, I caught a bit of your game, what would have been Sunday here. Um, at about seven in the morning. Mm. Oh, um, uh, so yeah, no, just wanted to catch the game and, and see how you did. Caught, caught a few Hello. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, yeah, we, we get it all. We get all the games over here. Most games that are broadcast are over here. Uh, so oh. that's great. Yeah. So you know, that's another reason why we, you know, looking at people around the world. We get the MLS here. We get everything that you know. We try and we get all the sort of major. Um, Rest of the world, yeah. The MLS is that something you'd like to do? MLS is, it, is there a lot of Australians that go over to the MLS? Um, I think there's a few, there's a few young kids that go. I wouldn't say to the MLS; they go to the to the universities, to scholarships and stuff like that. Yeah, play there, but I'm not too sure if there's yeah. any. Tim Cahill played there, didn't he? Didn't he, didn't he play for New York? No, he did LA Galaxy. Yeah, that's right. On the Bex, didn't he? With Bex. Um, but the one that the one the country that um you do tend to see a lot of Australians in, like people like Lecky in in Germany. Mm -hmm. Um German Germany tends to get, you know, a fair few Australians pop over there to play. Is is there a reason for that, or is it just that Germans come and do a lot of scouting over in, in Australia? Um, I've got no idea to be honest. No why in in Germany? Um, but then we have a lot of young kids yeah. as well. Um, in in the Premier League, um, look at Southampton. We've got Watts playing yeah. or and finding minutes in there. Um, we've got a few kids in the Championship. Um, but I think you have. I think for kids in Australia, you've got to be ready to go there and commit to commit to European football. Um, unfortunately, you see so many kids go over, but then they come back so early. Oh, really? Mm. So I think if you do go there, you've got to be ready. You've got to have experience under your belt. 
um, to kind of compete over there because it, it is it is a fierce game over there. Um, but yeah, we do have a lot of kids getting over there, which is good to see. Yes, Just growing up, Tom. Um, who was your um, who was your idol? You know, was it like that. was it an Australian player? Did you focus it at a European player? Be interesting to see who you who 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 you sort of looked up to. Well, the funny thing is that whenever I grew up, I never watched football. Like even to the day, even to this day, I don't really watch football. Um, I watch a few teams here and there, but I don't really set my alarm like most kids to wake up and watch a game of football or whatever. Um, but when if it's on, I'll definitely watch it. But if, I'm I'm not too sure. I just I just don't find myself watching football a lot, but. When you say people growing up, I always loved like Denny Alves for Barcelona. Um, the way I think the whole Barcelona team, the way they play is unbelievable. Back in the day with Iniesta, Xavi, Busquets, Messi, obviously Guardiola. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was the absolute dream team. And you look, you look at teams now that they're, they're always trying to do the little tiki taka kind of cute little football, which looks amazing to to play. Um, but I think mine would definitely be the Jordi Alba, uh, Denny Alba's kind of kind of style. That attacking fullback. Yeah, attacking fullback, getting there. Because essentially now a fullback is looked at to assist them to all goals. Yeah. So... They're playing a lot higher up the pitch these days, aren't they, Rich? You generally yeah. sit, if you're playing a back four, it generally sitting with two centre-backs. And you're playing midfield, yes. Yeah. Even if you're playing a back four, I mean, if you, you're playing wing back at the moment, so you could event, you, you'll probably be playing left wing at times as well. So you'll be high up the pitch. All dependent on how Carl Robinson plays. Don't know if you do a pressing game. I don't know what you know that type of thing. So just on the attacking fullback thing, Tom, uh, I had to raise this from one of the things I read the other week about about your glaring miss. Um, if you could just talk to us about that. Um, I think it was uh, that was game week three. Uh, Was it the derby? um, There was. I think you had a header in the derby. I think it was. uh, I was just trying to see who you played. Um, I think it was Sydney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you just talk to us about that, the glaring miss that 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 is being described as on the A League website. Or like you said, the gaffer wants us to play very high. I found myself sick, and then I think it was actually Tate Russell, the other the other fullback crossing, and then I'm in the back stick, and then I just it was literally I found a huge gap in the middle, and I just fucking sprinted straight in that little gap, <laughs> and it just fucking me, so I was peeing. But um, like, they're the things that happen sometimes. Uh, I've, I've What's the Derby like over there? Is there a bit of what we'd call like needle? Is it a bit, you know, is it a bit tense? Is it, a, you know, is it a proper rivalry? Yeah, rather I'll, than, you know, I'll, is there not a lot of love between the teams or the fans, that type of thing? Um, Yeah, definitely there's no love between the fans and the, like, I guess you can say fantasy. Um, but players, obviously, there's always respect against yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. It's a derby game as well, and they want to be the best team in Sydney. Um, but I think before COVID, the, the crowds would be erupt 
that would erupt off anything for everything and anything. There used to be flares, so it oh, used really? to it used to be a very fierce kind of encounter. Now, due to COVID, obviously there's less less fans, but they are, which is good to see. Um, so it will be interesting to see what happens next derby. Rich, I just want to move away from football for a sec. Okay, mate. Yeah. Because obviously, you know, Australia is known for its other sports. Was there anything else that you did growing up? Cricket, obviously massive. Rugby, that type of thing. And obviously Australian rules. Was there any other games that you played growing up that you could have been, that you would have gone down that route? Or was it always been soccer? Uh, um, I don't think I would have taken a route to play another sport. Um, but I was, I would always find myself playing like a, like a cricket or a kind of thing or a basketball kind of thing. But okay. Good enough to, hey, mum, dad, I want to play this. I want to yeah. play that. Um, essentially, I didn't even play football until I was like ten. Um, wow. Yeah, so I was really, I guess you can say, late to the game. Um, but, That's quite late, isn't it, Rich? If yeah. you think about it, in, in over here, you know, we got kids starting by like three years, four years, something like that, like getting taught to kick a ball, like you know, playfully, and then. You know, you get kids get assigned at the age of six and seven over here. So that I mean that that coming in really late, you're obviously gifted, but I, there's obviously something else to it. You obviously got a lot of ambition to be a footballer and a lot of sort of hard work and dedication to get there because within nine years you've become a professional footballer, essentially. Yeah, I think I've always had that drive to um, kind of be better and not let myself be just one standard person i think you achieve a goal you gotta find a new goal you gotta you 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 get the goal and then you've got to reach for the stars you gotta do something better you gotta do something greater something that someone no one else has done um i think i'm definitely the person that looks at stories that this person's achieved this hey why can't i do that i'll definitely try and do that um, and at the same time, I now know after signing a professional contract that football is my job as yeah. well um, on the financial side. So my goal is now is when I retire, I want to retire happy that I had a great career. I can retire and be satisfied, I guess, money-wise, that I don't have to worry about much after football. Um but I now know that football is a kind of you've got to love it every day, hundred percent. But I now know that it's kind of a business thing as well. That you've got to search for better opportunities that can set you up for maybe and hopefully a lifetime. But yeah. you've got to you've got to like I said, you've got to tick off your goals. You got to. Um, you spoke to us beforehand. We had a little chat before, and you said that you've watched the All of Nothing. All or Nothing Tottenham documentary. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything you've taken away from that? Obviously, um, you've become a Spurs fan, unfortunately, for yourself, like us. So you're going to have years of misery. But uh, <laughs> but is there anything you've taken away from that? You've taken anything away from Jose, Harry Kane, anyone like that? You know, these elite stars in the sport. Um, well, you talk about Jose Mourinho. He's the best essentially one of the best managers in world football in history. Yeah. I don't think he accepts losing. 
the note. The biggest thing that you take out of it is you don't accept to lose. You work every day to to win something, even um, even if it's just making your bed. You've achieved something. You've you've already started off the day well. So I think the biggest thing for him, and I guess his mentality in across all all leagues he's coached in is, you've got to win. You've got to win. You've got to win titles. You've got to show you are the best. You can't back down to do anything. And it was it was funny when they lost a Europa game not long, not long ago. He posted a photo on the bus and he's like, um, bad results. But bad performances deserve bad results. Yeah. So, yeah, good morning. It's the uh, Antwerp game, Rich, was it? Away yeah. yeah, I think so, yeah. So that's his. He doesn't like to win. As soon as he win, loses... He's straight back on the pitch. Um, I think that's that's the mentality you should have. Yeah, I think, I think in his press conference today, uh, this is prior the Wolfsburger game at home, for anyone listening. Um, you know, he said today, like, you know, as soon as they'd lost on the weekend, he said he couldn't sleep and he had to get straight back into work because he just hates losing. He says, yeah. you know, I can't, I can't. And it's, do you have that same mentality when you guys lose or is it just back to the training pitch work on what we need to do or is there a part of you that's like I hate losing oh I think everyone hates losing it's the yeah, worst yeah. Um, but at the same time you can't be I think if you lose and you become angry it's not the best way to react I think if you lose if you lose a game, if you lose something, it's more you've got to be disappointed, but you need to learn from your mistakes. So I'm the yeah. type of win, lose, draw, whatever. If I get back home at 11.30 at night, I'm straight on the TV with my laptop, watching the game again, writing notes down. And then I'll go in the next day with one of the assistants or whatever, and we'll watch it again, and I'll get their intake on my performance, the team's performance, and where I can... That, that, that's probably something that people don't realise, like, you know, the, the average football fan maybe doesn't realise the amount of, you know, data and video footage that you guys watch back. You know, it sort of goes down the, the American football NFL route where they're sort of, you know, you know, watching back plays and stuff like that. And you can see it in the All or Nothing documentary where they're all sat in a classroom effectively or in, in, in a, you know, in a sort of auditorium and they're watching the playback and they're sort of saying, look, this, you shouldn't be doing that and stuff like this. So, that's, you know, that's really interesting to hear from you guys that you, you get back, you immediately got the foot, the footage and you can go over anything that you want to look over. Is it is it broken down by the analysts into certain parts or are you actually watching the whole game? Or so, will, they, will they break down certain parts just for you as in your, your, your play, when you play uh, when I- your parts in the game? Yeah, when well, like I said, when I get home, I watch the the TV broadcast with like the commentators and stuff like that because I just I think I just like to know what what their opinion on the game was and mm-hmm. on certain plays and if it was good, bad, whatever. And I'll write that down. I write the minute down, um, stuff like that. And then the next day, I'll go in and I'll watch my individual clip that the that the. Um, analyzing team would just cut down my clips from that game yeah. so it could be 10 minutes 20 minutes long and then i'll sit down with one of the assistants and just watch my performances where i can do better where i can do something a little bit different and then i'll write it down 
but then the thing for me is I do this, so the next time I play Sydney FC, I can go back to my notes and be like, tick, 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 I know what to expect, I know who's playing, I know what they do, I know what I need to improve on, I know their weaknesses, um, I guess I know how to exploit something in their team, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Um, what I've learned from this, Thomas, is I'm, I've, I've been. I already knew you were a lovely lad because I've met you when I was over there. But I, I've been amazed at your drive, how sort of professional you are at, at, at such a young age. You know, um, it's it, it's actually been really, really good to talk to you, and I'm sure the listeners will love it. Um, so, Thomas, when's your next game? Uh, Saturday against Adelaide. Adelaide is that at home? Yeah, then we've got a quick turnaround on Tuesday night. I'm playing Melbourne City. Brilliant. Um, hopefully some of them be on B- will be on BT Sport, but um, I think that's a brilliant time to end it. Yeah. Um, I th- it it's been a really good chat. Um, and we wish you all the best for the season. We'll be looking out for the Wanderers results. Um, and yeah, thank you for coming on, Tom. Easy. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks, Thomas. Thank you. Well, Jamie, I, you know, I don't want to say I told you so, but what a, what a fantastic insight into the Australian game. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, I'm not going to lie, I don't know too much about the A-League. Um, obviously, I know a lot of lot of Brits go over there and play football towards the end of their careers, um, which is pretty evident in that interview. But yeah, no, really good talking to... I mean, it's not every day you get to talk to someone... Um, from the A-League or from professional football in Australia, let alone an Australian no. from from Australia. Um, so, yeah, it was I, I, I really did enjoy it and um, uh, really intriguing to know from a professional's point of view, um, you know. So, what yeah. I found amazing to see was when he spoke about, he, he's realised that, that what he's doing is now a job and and it is. And I, I think a lot of us fans, we we do forget that a lot. We forget that they are they are just people doing their job. Yeah. Granted, they are in a privileged job. Most of them get a decent wage, and they have a fairly um, what would seem easy lifestyle. But it is a job, mm. and and being being he was you know he, he's only twenty seeing that that's how he's looking at it and he knows he has to have the best career possible in terms of that to look after his future. Um, that was, you know, I was, I was, I was just amazed by that. Yeah. Um, like you say, when they, when they think of it about when it's just a job for them, I mean, it doesn't mean they don't love the game of football, no. um, but they do have their business heads on at the same time. And we all do that. We all, you know, we all work in jobs that we either love or, don't love but a lot of the time a lot of people a lot of people do love their jobs um um so i, I, I yeah he, he seemed to me very very switched on um and, and and he definitely had his his business brain on as such as well with regards to football which you do need you know you can't always rule with your heart you have got to rule with your head sometimes as well in football yeah um but yeah no, really interesting chat. Hope people like it. Hope people get, you know, it, like we were saying in the pod, um, in the interview, sorry, uh, that 
it is on BT Sport. You can watch A-League football. Uh, we right, watched yeah. some over this weekend and, and the goal's flying. <laughs> um, yeah. I've, I watched the three two. You watched the four three. And, I watched the four three. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. So ninety fifth minute winner. Um, for yeah. those that are interested, I just want to mention uh, if you are on Twitter, um, if you do want to follow Thomas, his at is at Aquilina two thousand and one. If you want to give him a follow, um, lovely chap, and, and and certainly someone we will n- now be following week in week out. Yeah. Um, for the future. So what we got coming up in episode three, Jamba? Yeah, next one's going to be, yeah, looking forward to this one. So this is from my point of view as a, as a head coach. Um, we're going to be talking to Aaron O'Brien, uh, who's the first team head coach at Maidenhead United. So we're going to be talking to Aaron about, um, you know, his coaching methods. We're going to be talking to him about coaching in, in the Vanarama National League. Working with Alan Devonshire, the legend that is West Ham legend Alan Devonshire, um, his rise in football coaching. Um, he's still part of the academy there, or head of the academy there at Maidenhead United. So we're going to talk to him all about that, and um, I mean it's going to be intriguing for me um, and, and a lot of other coaches on here. So yeah, we're looking forward to speaking to Aaron. Brilliant. Until next time, guys. Yeah. Thank you very Thanks, much, Jambo. and. Uh, We'll speak soon.